Hey, this is Pastor Matt McClure here from Takeover Church, and thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope it encourages you. We pray it blesses you. We pray it challenges you. And if you don't know, we have service every single Sunday at 10.30 a.m., and we would love for you and yours, your family and your friends to come on out, experience church, be a part of all that God is doing through Takeover Church. But hey, we hope this blesses you. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, Lord. First of all, I am, thank you so much. It, I am five, eight and a half, my doctor says. Thank you. Um, and that five, eight and a half will see you after class, young man. Um, but yeah, the half is important. Jeez, that's my confidence. Oh, good Lord. Wow. Hey, happy new year. How are we doing? Feeling good? Anybody, can I just say, can I just say, before we get started this morning um, on anointed, anointing Sunday, this is a new thing that we're going to do the first Sunday of each new year, anointing Sunday. But um, before we go any further, I just want to take a moment and I just want to thank God with all of you guys for 2020. I mean, 2019, I know some of our stories. I don't know all of our stories. 2019 brought us a mixed bag of a lot of things. And you know what? For some of us, it was the best year yet. And I'm believing for 2020 to pop it. And then for some of us, 2019 was rough as can be, anybody being honest? I mean, some of us, we should have been dead in our sin. We should have been left behind. There should have been some things in our life that should have never have seen us make it to 2020, but by the grace of God, church, come on, we made it. So can you just lift up a shout of praise for our God who made a way where there was no way? Come on. Whew. Man, I'm just so grateful. That's for me. He got me beyond my own self-sabotage. He got me beyond my own just dumb decisions. He made a way where there was no way for Matt McClure, and I believe he did for a lot of us in this church today. And man, I'm just so grateful to be here on January 5 with y'all. Is anybody else excited for church? Come on. Well, this morning, this morning, I need a little wawa. This morning, we are kicking off a brand new, I hate when people say that, by the way. I hate when I say that. I don't know if else says it. A brand new series. Yeah, like we're going to repeat it one day. No. Anointing 2.5, coming 2013. Um, yeah, it makes no sense, right? Anyways, we are in a fresh series. I don't know what else to say. We have a series going on in church right now that's new, and we won't repeat it again unless the Lord brings it back up, but it's called Anointed. Yeah. And I am underneath no impression this morning that every single person in here understands what the word anointing or anointed means. So I'm going to break it down real simple. Does that sound good? Just, to, just so that we're all on the same page over the next few weeks as we go through this collection of talks on the, on the idea and in the, the spiritual matter of being anointed and anointing one another. And it's simply this. Anointed means God's approval. It means God's backing. It means God's favor. It means God's grace. It means God's bank. Hello for some of us. It means that God is behind you. He is for you. He has approved you. And this is important for today. He has purposed you and he is protecting you. That is God's anointing all over your life. And so that's just a quick ABC one, two, three. Uh, definition of anointing, just for us to be on the same page this morning. And so kicking off our first uh, message in this series, the title of my message, where my note taker's at. Eight of us going to heaven, it's going to be good, it's going to be a party, I'm excited. Take notes, you'll get in quicker, I'm telling you. You'll pass your neighbor in the line, let's get to the gates, stupid jokes. I should have left those in 2019, I didn't, my bad. Um, not even a dad and my jokes suck, it's terrible. Um, but yes, today the title of my message, if you are taking notes, is anointed and purposed. Anointed and 
purpose. That sound good? We're, uh, where my Bible readers at? Y'all ready for the Word of God this morning? Come on, here it is. 2 Corinthians 1, 18 through 24. Here it is. As surely as God is faithful, one word to you has not been yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Sylvanus, I don't like his name. Sylvanus and Timothy and I was not yes and no, but in him, as in Jesus, in him it is always yes. Amen, church? For all of the promise of God find their yes in him. That is why through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. And it is, and it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us, who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. But I call God to witness against me, which just so you guys simply means um, he does, he's not like challenging God here. He's just saying like, as God is my witness, kind of like what we would say nowadays. It's a little broken up of English. I just want to let you know because it tripped me up for a while. As God as my witness, it was to spare you that I refrained from coming again to Corinth, not that we would lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy, for you stand firm in your faith. All right, we're going to pray and then we're going to see what the Lord will do. Sound good? Fantastic. Jesus, we just thank you so much for this morning. God, right now we click pause on everything. It's five days into the new year, Jesus, and we're so excited for everything that you're beginning in our lives. And five days deep right now, God, we just, we click pause on uh, anything that's running through our minds, anything that's running through our ears, anything that's running through our eyes that's not of you, God. We, we, we put pause on all of that, and we recognize in this moment your authority, your lordship, God, who you are in our lives, God. So we, we give you all of your attention. We give you all of the glory, all of the honor in this moment, God. And we recognize that you are in this room with your people right now, and God, we're proclaiming as one church, we will not miss this moment with you, God. So we thank you for everything that you're about to do and everything you've been doing in the service. And Jesus' mighty name of Faithful Church said, Amen. Amen. Come on. Who's ready for the message this morning? Come on. How good was worship, by the way? Come on. What was that? Goodness of God? I don't even know if I've heard that song. That was amazing. Oh, Callie, you killed it. I don't know where you're at, but you're somewhere in here. Right there. What's up, girl? She was, she's over here singing. She was great. Um, that song, Goodness of God, I don't even need to preach this morning. That was fantastic. Um, but yeah, this big idea this morning that we are anointed and purpose. You see, um, I don't know how familiar you are perhaps with the book of Corinthians. There's one and two of them. First one was so good that you had to hit that re-up and uh, it's not true. That's not true. It really was like they were just so jacked up that Paul had to keep writing letters to them like, I thought we fixed this, guys. I thought we had it figured out. Thanks, Kyle. And hey, one guy loves my jokes. It's fine. One guy loves my jokes. It's good. But in the book of Corinthians, uh, it's Paul writing to the church of Corinth, Apostle Paul. If you're not familiar with him, real quick, Apostle Paul, he used to be Saul, and he used to be this high Jewish leader who was commissioned by the Jewish authority to go and crucify and kill and stone Christians. Basically, he was a mercenary for the other guys, and, and his whole goal was to go and kill the followers of the way, a.k.a. Christians at the time. That was what Paul did when he was Saul. He comes into an amazing encounter with the Holy Spirit, and he's like, yo, bruh, you're my guy now. And there's a whole scale with the eyes. You read it. It's really great. Anyways, it's fantastic. But he becomes Paul in that moment. He basically, Paul's whole representation, and obviously he's a real person, but it was Saul as one way, dead in his sin, alive in Christ. He is now Paul. He's repented. He's going a new direction. And he became one of the guys to lay so much of what the church looks like today. He is responsible for so much of what we have going on. So here's Paul 
and he is over so many churches. And he's like, um, he's like a pastor of pastors, basically. Let me break it down for you. So he's writing to the church leadership of Corinth in the second Corinthians, again, because one message from Paul wasn't enough. And I don't know about you. Um, praise God that we don't have that. But if Paul wrote one message to me, now that I see all this and the rest of his writings, one's enough. Like, a half of one's enough. Like, I'm good. Like, I get it. I was messed up. My bad, dog. Like, I'm going to fix things. Like, just let me fix it, okay? Um, I get it. So not only that, they got two letters written to them. And Paul is writing to them to this church of Corinth. And maybe you're wondering this morning what was so messed up about Corinth. Corinth is a church that was leaking from the outside in. Corinth was a church that was full of holes, holes in their theology, holes in their doctrine. It wasn't because they didn't have good leaders that spent time with Jesus. It wasn't because they didn't have good leaders that were part of the early church. It wasn't because they didn't have sound doctrine given to them and they were just doing the best that they could with what they had at the time. No, no, no. They were allowing the world's culture, the world's idea of living, the world's idea of sex, the world's idea of marriage, the uh, cultural significance at the time. They were allowing that into the church to infiltrate their doctrine, their theology, how they taught, how they did community. They were allowing all of these things that Jesus is like, no, 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 these are not what's best for your life. And so Paul is reiterating to them in this message, it is a correction, it is a rebuke. But how many of you know anytime that the Lord sends a correction or rebuke your way, it is never to shame you. It is to correct you. It's not God's desire that you would be dead in your sin, that you would get off track with your life and you would be going one way with him and then all of a sudden you have some, you know, life happen to you, you have these things come into your house and you start uh, reacting and responding to life in different ways that you wouldn't plan on. Like he has grace for that, but he's got to sit you down sometimes and be like, hey, you were going this way again, we got to get back over here. That's what this letter is. I mean, I look at the church of Corinth and however many years we've been, uh, I've been in ministry for like 12 plus years now, and, and, and we've been in this church for a couple years now, and, and I have all this experience on my belt, and it's great, and I love it, but man, I can understand. I can empathize with Corinthians. I can empathize with their situation and their struggle because as the world goes on, as you do life in relationship with people, you love them. And it's easy, it's easy to start seeing things a different way from what God says is best for your life. It's easy to start empathizing with people's hurt and their pain and their confusion. But man, how, how, how grateful are you this morning? Because I'm grateful for this as a church leader that I have the word of God that can sit me down with my quiet time with him and let me know, Matt McClure, no, 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 no. For a takeover church, you can get on course. You can stay on course. For Corinthians, you can get back on course. You can stay the course. And as Paul eloquently said in the end of this chapter, he said, so you can stand firm in your faith. Man, I'm so grateful for the Bible today. I'm so grateful for this roadmap that we've been given, this idea that we don't have to just exist in this world and try and figure it out, but we actually have an owner's manual to the guy that created us so we know how to put one foot in front of the other and where we're trying to go, amen? And so I see this, I see what Paul is saying here, and he's sitting these guys down. In this letter, there's, there's some confusion that's happening because He's responding to the fact that he was supposed to come. He was supposed to come and be with them. He was supposed to be there physically. And he goes, I know that things got messed up. I know things got messed up with you guys. I know things got messed up on my end. And I know I was supposed to be there with you. And now you guys are off here. And you're doing your own thing and this. And he's saying, I know some extenuating circumstances have happened and prevented me from being there with you. 
but you can still get back on track. You don't have to stay the way that you are. Just because I'm not there to physically correct you, God, as my witness, I'm not going to lord over you, but it's so that you can stand firm in your faith. And I love that our God just has this heart of correction, that he just doesn't see us as a wayward son and a far-off son. But how many of you know the parable of the lost son? He runs at you. He sees you while you are a long way off, and he comes running your way. We got done singing that song. He's running. The goodness of God is running after me. Can anybody just shout a praise in this this bill this morning? So purposed in our anointing. You know, we're coming into 2020, and... I made a joke with Adrian last night. I was like, you know, it's going to be really hard for me to, to remember to say 2020 now instead of 2019. Because if you all been a part of church for a minute, you know that I love to say 2019 18 times per message. It's bad. It's like I have a fixation with the year. I don't know what it is. But 2020 is an incredible start. We've never been in 2020 before. Stupid? Got it. It's good. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We've never been in 2020 before. We've had the roaring 20s. There was 1820, and nobody knows what happened then. Like, we've never been in 2020. <laughs> like, there's people that do, Matt. There's people that actually pay attention to the history class. They weren't just hitting on girls. Stop. Um, pause. But we're in 2020. This is the beginning of a fresh year. I and mean, here at church, we talked about it at Christmas service or Christmas in the wild. How great was Christmas in the wild, by the way? Come on. What a fantastic service. That was so much fun. And, man, God really did some great things. We ate a bunch of food afterwards. Oh, praise God. But here we are in 2020, and it's this new year, it's this new decade, if you believe that zero is a number. If you believe that zero is a number, 2020 is a new decade. If you don't, the earth is flat and we're all wrong. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Now he's going for the flat earthers, like, what's going on? I don't care. But it's 2020, and it's a fresh decade. But we serve a God that he doesn't operate on our time. He doesn't operate on when we see fit for a brand new change. We have a God that says, my mercies are new for you every single morning. You don't got to wait for 2020 to be your best self, to have your best year yet. You can have your best day yet. It doesn't matter if it's December 28th or not. You can start now where you are. And I say that because of this. Here we are. We are five days into the new year. Five days into the new year. And I, and I guarantee I guarantee, this isn't me bashing on resolutions or any of those things, but I guarantee that for some of us, we woke up on January 5 in the same place that we woke up December 30th. And I don't mean the same bed. I don't mean the same state. I don't mean the same city. I don't mean the same apartment complex that your mom's trying to get you out of because it's nasty and it's a bad area. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in the same place, in the same condition, with the same longings, and the same yearnings, and the same hopes, and the same dreams, and the same things that you believe you're called to do in 2019, but haven't yet achieved yet. I'm talking that some of us have woken up with the same hangups, with the same defeated mentality, with the same depression that was in 2019 has seeped its way into the first five days of 2020. That we've been found with the same group of people that we know, man, in order to have our best life in 2019, live your best life, we would have to give up those people, yet we have found ourselves hanging out with those people five days in. And this is shame off you, if that's you. I hope this morning to crack the code on starting fresh, 
to crack the code on starting anew this morning, that 2020 doesn't have to be a repeat offender of 2019 or of 2018 or of 2016 or of 2005, that in 2020 you can actually start this year off, you can start this decade off fresh, brand new, clear eyes, full heart, can't lose, church. And so here we see Paul and he's writing to the church of Corinthians. And they're messed up and they're jacked up. And man, I'm sure Paul has his mind where it's like, I just want to like leave you to your own devices. I'm sure as he's writing this letter, he is contemplating, is this letter going to do anything? Is this really going to change them? Is this second time, the second rebuke, I've already sat him down and told them the big boy news. Is this going to change anything? But he has this God-inspired sentence that he says. And he says, I know things got off track. I know things didn't go the way we planned them. That you're, you're not doing what you planned to do and that I didn't get there like I planned to do. But you got to know that God's yes for this church, God's word for this church is not yes and no. It is only yes And he qualifies that beautiful thing. He says his plan, his purpose for this church, for your life. A church, friends, isn't simply an organization. That's 501c certification, okay? A church is an organism. It is alive. It is active. It is breathing. And it's a body of people, amen? So God's purpose for the church, the living, breathing body full of hopes and dreams, full of hurt and pain, full of different walks of life and history. His plan for this congregation of different individuals coming together underneath one name, Jesus. It's not forfeited because it got off track. His plan for your life isn't forfeited because you messed up. His plan for your life isn't because you had some hang-ups. His plan for 2020 isn't forfeited because you had a 2019 year where you were wild a little bit, where things didn't go your way a little bit, where you were doing things you shouldn't have been doing. 2020 doesn't have to be a ramification of 2019 because God's plans and purpose for your life are always yes and amen in Christ Jesus, church. And if you don't know, let me tell you this. Amen, when he says that, His plan for your life is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. His promises of God, every single promise of God is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. It's never a no. It's never a see you later. It's never a try harder. It's never I'll hit you on the backside. I owe you doesn't come from God. He already gave it to you. And he says this. Amen. Amen says it's finished. It's signed, sealed, and it's delivered. It's signed, sealed, delivered, and God's only hope is that it would be received. He says, all my promises for your life, for this church, for this city, for your marriage, for your children, for your health. It's yes and amen. The promises for your health are found in Jesus, are a resounding, never-ending, unchallenged, and unwavering yes. And to make matters all the better, he says, it is finished. You have no say in this. You didn't anoint yourself, therefore you can't forfeit yourself. I anointed you. Anointing is only for the church. Anointing is only for the Christian. But here's the thing, friends. Anointing is not just for this elitist group of hierarchy. 
There's nobody more, uh, they might be anointed in other areas, but nobody else has more access to God's anointing than you do for the plan and purpose for your life. It's not this idea of like Matt's lead pastor, Adrian's is lead pastor, we're up here and we have all this anointing and none of it's for you and you only get scraps. No, 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 no. Anointing isn't for a royal family, it's for a royal priesthood, amen? And a royal priesthood, thanks Jane, a royal priesthood is for the saved sons and the rescued daughters. It's for those who have been following God for a long time and have a lot figured out. And for those who have been following God for a short time and don't have much figured out. The anointing of God is available for every single one of us, every single day, all of the time. And so here we are, we're in 2020. And we've had these experiences the last 10 years. I mean, God, I, I graduated high school in 2008. I was at Bible college in 2009. Like, there's just things in my life where I'm looking back at the last 10 years. Someone's like, dude, I thought he was 42. And I'm like, no, I just have wrinkles on my forehead like a bulldog. Thank you. And my mother-in-law told me yesterday that I have a body like a hobbit. So I'm winning in 2020, okay? I'm winning in 2020. I couldn't even argue when she said that. I was dead in my tracks. Like, me being me, I, my, my tongue was tied. It was wild. I don't have many of those moments. And I'm 45. It's good. And 5'5". Five, five. Thanks, Zach. Everyone hates me. It's fine. It's cool. You're dismissed. But it's 2020. And as I look back at my life over the last 10 years, man, I, got, I, had, the best, uh, I had the best last 10 years, to be honest with you. There was a lot of crazy things. There was a lot of times that Matt got in his own way. But I was on staff at some great churches. I met my wife while serving in ministry, and she came on board. And she, uh, aside from Jesus, man, he's the cornerstone. She is that next rock on top of him holding up this thing called Matt McClure. Come on. Like, I found all of these amazing things. God gave me this vision for Takeover Church that we wouldn't just have another church in Grand Rapids or in West Michigan plagued by religion and checking in for our religious service on Sundays and clocking out at 12.01. No, 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 but he would have a church in Grand Rapids that says, I want Jesus to take over my life. Every single area, nothing is hidden from him. I want all of God's designs for every area of my life that we would be a church living on purpose. Living by design. Man, that's good. We should put that on the website. Living on purpose by design. That's good preaching. But that's the hope. And all of these crazy things happened to me in the last 10 years. But at the same time, man, I felt deep pain. Heck, I've caused deep pain. I felt deep shame. And I've caused deep shame. I had some things happen in the last 10 years that have caused the people closest to me to question me. Who I was as a man, who I was as a pastor, who I was as a Jesus follower. But by the grace of God's anointing, I couldn't forfeit this thing if I tried to. And I want to encourage you this morning you didn't anoint yourself so you cannot forfeit yourself. You did not call yourself so you cannot forfeit yourself. You were not designed by you so you cannot break you. You can run as far as you want to in the opposite direction. But God's going to keep putting things in front of you to stumble, to get you to stop going the other direction so you can see where you're at and you can come back home because he got plans for your life. I know in, in the last 10 years, that we've sat with people whose marriages 
are absolutely devastating. We sat with people who have gone through miscarriages. We sat with people whose husbands stepped out on them. We sat with people who were confused about who they were as a person. We've had people from different walks of life and backgrounds and histories around our dinner table and in our living room. And so when I'm preaching this message on purpose this morning, it's coming from a place of I know that not everything has been fine for the last 10 years. I know that not everything in your life has been God's best in 2019. I know that some of us are still holding some shame from 2009. I know that some of us still have some heartache from 2015. I know that some of us have been abused by other people, abused and taken advantage of by leadership. I know that some of us are coming from a place this morning where we have experienced significant hurt and pain in our lives, and that we woke up to 2020, the ball dropped, you're kissing your loved one, it's going crazy, and all these things are happening. But we woke up on New Year's Day for some of us, and we had a heart full of confusion and a head full of pain. I'm under no illusion, illusion this morning that you've not been in a place entirely all this time where you were just winning every single day, where there wasn't some disappointment, where the devil didn't come for your health, where the devil didn't come for your kids, where the devil didn't come for your identity. I know that in this church right now, there are stories to your left and to your right, both of a significant pain and unreal redemption that has taken place. And I gotta tell you this morning, church, no matter where you find yourselves, God's yes is still yes. Somebody in this house needs to know this morning that when you know that you are anointed, you have the assurance, you have a guarantee that God's yes is still yes. It doesn't matter how far you've fallen. It doesn't matter how much cancer you've experienced. It doesn't matter what he's done to your kids. His yes is still yes in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Paul, he writes to them and he's sitting them down. He's like, man, we've let all this in and we've thrown out doctrine. And we've thrown out right teaching and we've thrown out community and we've thrown all of these things out of church. Well, his plans for this place, no matter what you've done, we don't need you to sit down and shut up. We need you to sit down and be humble and hear what we have to say. You still have a plan for your life. And he sits him down and he says this in this letter. It's so amazing. He says, God has anointed us. If you're reading that at first glance, you're going to look at it and you're going to go, yeah, clearly he's talking about Paul, Timothy, and Sylvanus. He's not. The us there is different than the us before in the original Hebrew, and he's saying us as a church, as a collective, as a company of men and women going after the things of God, as a body of believers, he has anointed us. Just because you led your church astray doesn't mean you forfeited it, which is insane. Because here we are in 2020, and the second a pastor does anything dumb, we're like, canceled, Instagram flame. Instead of believing the best, instead of messaging them privately and asking, hey, what did you mean by this? What's going on? And you're like, can we just get coffee and talk about this? No, no, no. We like to throw people under the bus. Not understanding that we're all human. Yes, we should be better, and we should be further along because we're leaders. We're leading people. But we all need the grace of God, and we all need to be reminded that the anointing is still on our lives. And so Paul, he sits down with this leadership, 
in this letter, and he says this. He says, man, Christ has anointed us all. It's not just me as the apostle over these churches. He's anointed you guys. And as he's writing this thing, he's probably sitting there going, are they going to receive this? Are they going to get this? And this God-inspired word, he says this to the Corinthians. He says this, church. It's so amazing. He goes, God has anointed us. It is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And then he seals it with this. He has given it to us as a guarantee, as a seal upon our heart. He's quoting a psalmist when he says that. There is a seal upon our heart. This is signed, sealed, delivered inside of us. He has given us his Holy Spirit as guarantee that our anointing cannot flee. And so some of us, we've woken up this year and we've gone, man, is this year going to be the same as last year? Am I going to go back through this tumbling experience of alarm, get up, feet touch the cold floor, I don't like that, get dressed, get coffee, go to work, get my kids, go home, kiss my spouse, go to bed, repeat. We've looked at this mundane part of life and we've wondered, because in the midst of a mundane, we've experienced loss and we've had letdown. We've experienced great highs. We've had God come through in unimaginable ways, but it's this jumbled mess sometimes for us when we wake up first thing in the morning and we're like, is this year going to be my year? Is this the time that I finally see that healing I've been waiting for? He's been faithful in my finances, but am I going to get that freedom I've been pleading for? And we look at this year and is this going to be the year that I start this business? Is this going to be the year that I step out into helping lead worship? Is this going to be the year that I decide to get involved and I get in the crew at church and I start doing life with people who want to see me win? Is this going to be the year that I start and I get married? I know for some of us, we got some young people in here today. That loneliness in 2019 has already seeped in to the first five days of 2020, and we've made some significantly rough decisions for our life. Is 2020 going to be the year where I see the goodness of God in the land of the living? And as we question, and as we look, and as we have this confusion, and these questions, and we have this hurt, and this pain, and we have this success, and we have all of this mess going into 2020, I can understand how people get lost in the mess. I can understand how you would wake up this year and wonder if he's going to make good on his word. Some of us, we've been waiting on God for a long time. We've been waiting on God for a long time for some healing, for a restored marriage. Some of us have suffered miscarriages and unplanned pregnancies and We've made decisions in our life that will forever change us. We've had some things happen in the last 10 years that our God is sitting us down. This isn't just for Corinth. There's a reason it's in the Bible. This is for takeover. This is for the married. This is for the singles. This is for the old. This is for the young. It doesn't matter your age or your history with church or how long you've been following after Jesus, only that you are following after Jesus. And he is saying, the anointing is on your life. The approval of God is on your life so that the yes of God remains the yes of God. And I don't know where everyone is at in this room. 
but this is anointing Sunday, the first Sunday of each year going forward. This was something that God laid on my heart that was just like, man, what if we just started off this new year by setting apart our people, by consecrating our people, by deciding this year, this Sunday, 2019, or 2020, sorry, January 5, we're not going to keep reliving 2019. We're not going to keep going back to our failures of this previous year. We're not going to keep living in the shame that we felt in 2016. But we're going to take this new year. We're going to take what God has called us to do. And we are going to live this life to the fullest and run after him with reckless abandonment. I think what God is looking for in our lives, it's not this rah-rah speech. It's not this hyped moment where you're just too stoked to back down from what he's calling you to do. No, no, no. I think what he's looking for is consistency and faithfulness in 2020. Rah, rah, stoked, excitement, all of these things. I know I'm loud and I spit a lot in this whole thing. And I know it's good for an emotion and a moment. But he's not looking for this moment to fire you up for the next five days. He's looking to fire you up for the next 365 days. Because some of us, what we have lived for these past five days has been a reflection of our last 365 days. That's not what he's interested in. He came for freedom. He came for redemption. He came for renewal. He says, I will give you a new heart and put my heart in you and my spirit in you, and I've called you higher, and I've called you greater. In 2020, it really can be your year. And so I just want to take a moment. I want to encourage you this morning. I don't know what your heart has longed for. I don't know what yearning you've had this last year. I don't know what deep pain you've experienced. I don't know what you're waiting for God to do. Some of us, we're waiting on a God who just doesn't clearly seem like he wants to show up. But friends, I'm telling you, his promises, doesn't matter the duration. His promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter how long you've waited. It is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. I'm sorry, I've got to believe it. If I take him at my word, that he is my salvation, that he is my God, that he is my king, that he is my completion, then i got to take him at his word when he says, my yes will remain. My yes, I give you my spirit to guarantee it. I've got to believe him. And so this morning, and what's going to happen is this is that we're going to take a moment on Anointing Sunday. I'm going to have our leadership team come up here in just a moment. We're going to have a couple over here, and we're going to have a couple over there. And I got some anointing oil up here, and don't worry, we're not going to dump it on your head. But I believe what God's called us to do, I don't care if it's your first time in this church, okay? If you are a Jesus follower in this space at this moment, this is a moment for you. That is a church community, as a church body. We would start off on Anointing Sunday, the first Sunday of 2020, and we would stand firm in our faith. That this course correction that we're experiencing in this moment of doubt, of, 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 of feeling like God's been unfaithful, we're course correcting from that in this moment, and we are turning in a new direction, and we are getting anointed with oil. We're going to pray with somebody, and we're going to believe for not only God's approval this year, but God's protection this year. Man, God has approved you, church, and let me give you permission to have permission for this. God has, you have God's approval. You don't need your own permission. Start something this year that he told you to. 
You don't need your own permission. He gave you his. He gave you his anointing. Start something this year. Do what he's called you to do. Walk into promises. Have the audacity to actually believe him at his word when sickness comes to your home this year. You don't need your permission to believe. He's already given you his approval. For some of us, we don't need a, we don't need a bank statement. We don't need the bank's approval. We don't need the bank's denial. No, no, no. We've already got God's approval. Matt, that sounds like prosperity gospel. I don't care. It's the gospel. You don't need somebody else's approval. Young person. Sorry to the parents in here. You don't need your parents' approval if what God has anointed you for obviously will line up with his word. You got his approval. There's some people in here that I know are in their early 30s or late 20s, and they're still living underneath the thumb of mom and dad. Okay, calm down, Elijah. I see you getting excited right there. I don't need your approval. I don't need your approval, Eric. I got God's approval. That's on God. No, calm down, young man. Eric's like, I'm going to see you after class, Matt. I'm like, geez, you're big. Um, But some of us this year, I just want to give you permission. I want to give you permission, Nat, if you will hit that button for me on kingdom. I want to give you permission this year. You don't have to wait on permission for somebody else for what God's already called you to. You couldn't forfeit it. You couldn't forfeit it. You made some bad decisions, yeah. But man, I got to tell you, your future destination is not based off your past circumstances. You cannot forfeit your future destination based off your past inactions or inactivity. Man, you might prolong it. You might be away from it for a while. It might have taken a little longer to happen for you than originally planned out by God because you've been making your own decisions. You've been going your own way. But when you come back home, his plans, his purpose for your life is still anointed. It's still there. And you can't shake it if you tried. This morning, church, we have this anointing oil, and I want to read a few scriptures over you just to lay a groundwork for this. We're going to go back to, I think, Exodus. Somebody say old school. Come on. Exodus 49 says, 4D, verse 9, says this. Then you shall take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it. Consecrate it all, all of its furniture so that it may become holy. Leviticus 8, it says this. Then Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it and consecrated them. Consecrated again, set apart, holy, consecrated it for a holy purpose and mission. Leviticus 8.12 says this, And he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him, to set him apart. James 5.14 says this, New Testament, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So the reason this is significant for us today, I know I just read some Old Testament, and I know I just read a New Testament, is this. It's because like a good shepherd that our God is, a shepherd, he will take his sheep and he will pour oil over the top of head of his sheep. And most people just go, yeah, it's to keep bugs out. No, 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 it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. When a shepherd pours oil over his sheep's head, it's not just to keep bugs out. It's to keep sickness out. It's to keep distraction out. It's so that the sheep can go forward in its assigned purpose and calling for the shepherd. What the shepherd has intended it to do, to make its wool, to do all these things, for its life to be successful, for it to stand firm in its assignment and purpose. 
A shepherd pours oil over its head so that infection and distraction and the enemy and things that would plot against its sheep to make its assignment go at an untimely end. It is to protect it. So in just a moment, you can, you can play that again. Keep that, keep that ambiance going. What we're going to do is this. Thanks, Matt. You're the best. What we're going to do is this. If I could have Scott and Zach over here, if I could have Dave and Jane make their way up here, if I could have Adrian join me up here, and Rusty, had, uh, I don't know if Kelsey has a baby or not, but um, he's, he's out. He's out cold. It's good. What you want to hear when you're preaching is that you're preaching put someone to sleep. It's good, even if it's a baby. So what we're going to do is this. What we're going to do is this is we don't live stream service yet. There's no reason to be embarrassed. Even if it's your first time here, you're already family. Welcome home. This is a community. This is a safe space. This is a place where we're going to do life together. We're going to win together. We're going to go through some hard things, but we're not going to go through them alone. We're going to go through them together, and we're going to see victory. But right now, what I want to do at the end of service before we celebrate with a part of a last song or anything like that, Dave with the tissues. Come on, Dave. My guy. Is I want to encourage you. These are all people who give their lives. There's only a, there's only a couple of us that are, that are on paid staff, guys, okay? These are people that give their lives and their time and their gifts, and their talents, and their finances, and their money. They give every single area of their lives without getting anything of monetary value in return. And they do this, and they have prayed over this, and they have been about this service for a while now, and we have set apart this time to set you up for the best year yet. Not because it's a new year and you got to wait to start new, but because God has called this Sunday, the first Sunday of each new year, Anointing Sunday, where we as a church, we're going to invite you guys to come up in just a second. You make single file lines on both sides here. And you're just going to meet with one of us real quick. And we're going to ask you, hey, what do you want anointing for this year? What do you need prayer for right now? What is your assignment that you need protection for? How can we enable you and help you and encourage you to stand firm in this moment? What kind of healing do you need? If James says you are sick, let the elders of the church come forward, lay hands on them, anointing them with oil so that we can see it. Let's do it now. I don't know what victory or purpose you want to see fulfillment in, but I know that God has victory and purpose and fulfillment for you in 2020. And so it's this moment right here, right now. This is a don't miss, can't miss, don't wait. It's not happening next Sunday kind of moment. Don't forfeit this moment. There's no shame and there's no reason to feel embarrassed or awkward. These are people up here right now that love you dearly because they give their lives to you weekly. And we just want to see God's best come about in this church, not as an organization, but as an organism, not as a place of worship, but as a people of worship. Amen. We want to see God's best come about in and through your lives. So let's set ourselves apart. Let's consecrate ourselves to him and let's believe our God for greater things in 2020. Amen. Amen. Amen.